0: Child of Our Time interview, Tammy Campbell from the UCL Institute of Education discusses her research looking at how children from disadvantaged backgrounds or with special needs may face unconscious bias from their teachers.
1: The reason that I was interested in looking at this is that we've had these long-standing attainment gaps among primary school children and despite various initiatives and efforts and policies that have attempted to close these gaps they still remain. So I'm looking at the issue from a slightly different point of view to see what other explanations there might be for these gaps. So
0: in that context, what did you want to look at very specifically and and why?
1: I wanted to look at the psychological explanations in the system for these gaps. So I wanted to see what parts stereotyping and bias in teachers' perceptions of children might play in sustaining or creating attainment gaps. There has been previous research which has indicated bias, for example, looking at teacher assessed and externally examined components of children's key stage 2 tests. And that research has found that there tend to be biases in the teacher assessments which are in line with the attainment gap. So, for example, the teachers in that research tended to assess low-income children as being less able at key stage two so my research was sort of building on these previous studies to look at whether we can really pinpoint stereotyping as complicit in producing these gaps. You focused in on children aged seven where did you get your information from? So I used data from the Millennium Cohort Study which is a longitudinal study of over 18,000 children born at the turn of the century I have data for about 5,000 of those children in England and I've got information on cognitive tests that the children took in their homes with survey administrators and I've also got information on teachers' judgments of those children from a separate survey of the children's teachers at that age. So on the one hand I've got cognitive tests done by children in their homes of their maths capacity and of their reading capacity and capability. On the other, I've got, independently of this, the teacher's assessments of those children's ability. So really detailed information
0: that you've been able to get your hands on. Let's talk then about your, your findings around children from those disadvantaged backgrounds. Did teachers tend to stereotype them as underachievers? Did, did you confirm that?
1: Yes, yeah, so what I found was that children who are from low-income families, who score the same as children from higher-income families on the cognitive tests, tend to be assessed at a lower level by their teachers. I looked across the range of performance on the cognitive tests and I found that this held pretty much across the range. So there was a lot of bias around the average on the test. So children who sort of do at the kind of normal level tended to have the strongest levels of bias in their teachers' assessments of them. But I also found it for low attainers, as it were, on the test and high attainers as well. Boys and girls, were there any differences there that were interesting? Boys tended to be overassessed at maths and underassessed at reading and vice versa for girls who were over-assessed at reading and under-assessed at maths. So this is children who are doing exactly the same on the cognitive test that they took in their homes but when their teachers assess them they're being assessed in line with these national norms and stereotypes where girls do better at reading in primary school and boys do better at maths. What does it
0: tell us, do you think, about teachers themselves?
1: I don't think it tells us anything in particular about teachers themselves. It tells us about humans in general. So humans are prone to stereotyping. It's a cognitive shortcut that we all use. And you can definitely see why it would be used by teachers in education because they're very pressured, they're very time-constrained. Of course they're using cognitive shortcuts. But what I'm interested in is how this is actually playing out in that environment. And what I find is that it's playing out in a way that potentially is reinforcing the stereotype that are actually feeding into teachers' assessments, so we get this vicious circle.
0: Are there lessons, though, then, for the the education profession,
1: do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think that as a first step, more of an awareness of this is useful, because it can't be tackled unless people are consciously aware that these unconscious processes are actually happening. I think there's obviously a question about where and how teachers address this and at what time they address this and at what stage of their training and development. I mean, I think it's at a stage where my research and the previous research really shows that this is happening. And then the next question is, what do we do about it and how? And we need proper sort of research and evaluation of potential ways that we can tackle this. There's obviously
0: going to be interest potentially also from from the policy sector do you think it tells us anything about the sorts of policy initiatives that should be that are being designed currently and should be designed to support disadvantaged pupils?
1: It definitely calls into question the way that some of these policies are formulated and communicated because there's very, very ostentatious implementation of some initiatives that are supposed to help pupils, for example, from low-income families. And the reason, I guess, that they're highly publicised is because the politicians want us to know that they are doing something about these children. However, this may have major unintended consequences because it embeds the notion that these children are inherently less able, that they're expected to do less well. So, for example, the pupil premium, heavily publicised redistribution of schools' funding comes very much with the message that low-income children need more money. And this might embed the idea that they are less able reinforce the stereotype and become part of the problem. So tell me, where does
0: your research, where does your work go from here?
1: So I think we're at a stage where we do have pretty robust evidence that bias and stereotyping are having an influence on primary attainment. The next question is what can be done about this and I think that we're at the beginning stages of answering that and in order to properly begin to come up with potential solutions we need more input from teachers and other staff in primary schools about what needs to happen to change this and potentially about initiatives and trials that might be happening at school levels that aren't known about nationally so I would really like to know what teachers and other practitioners in education are doing and what they think would work and what we should try and I think we're at a stage where we have a really good opportunity for academics and practitioners to work together to come up with potential solutions to this issue.
0: Stereotyped at seven biases in teachers judgments of pupils ability and attainment is published in the journal of social policy.